Welcome to History 21, the podcast, a production of the Anoka County Historical Society, sharing the stories and audio journeys from our county's past and present. Hey, Sarah. Someone's back from vacation. Hello, hello, Rebecca. I did a lot of nothing. You deserve a lot of nothing after the a lot of something that you did during ghost tours. Yes, the tradition is after two months of ghost tours, they kick me out of the building and they say, go away. And sometimes we've been known to threaten to change email passwords just to make sure that you do go away. Well, if you look back at the uh, security door log, I may have snuck in early in the morning, the day that I was supposed to start my vacation. I, frankly, I have purposefully not looked at that log just so that I don't see things like that, so that I don't have to chastise you for being an awful employee who will go away. (laughs) I even parked on the side of the building away from the employee parking so that (laughs) if for some reason what I was doing took too long, they wouldn't know that I was in the building. That is such a sign of a guilty conscience. <laughs> Watch out, people. We've got historical mass murderers on the loose. They know how to plot and cover their tracks. We have a history of amazing workers, like myself, uh, in this county. <laughs> Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> I know. I was trying to figure out a transition, and it wasn't working. So we're just going with it. We're going to go with that, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, our episode today is kind of about uh, Northern Pump in Fridley. I love how it's kind of about Northern Pump and <laughs> some of their amazing workers. It's totally about Northern Pump as a location and more amazing workers that have taken over the site and now brew good beer, Fridley. otherwise known as Forgotten Star. There you go. Do you know anything about Northern Pump though? I know enough to be dangerous and you know more. So please grace us with your immense knowledge on the subject, please. In 1928, two companies kind of merged together to form the Northern Pump Company. And in October, 1940, construction began on a new 180,000 square foot facility in Fridley. And they produced a ton of stuff, tons of stuff for World War II, uh, including naval gun mounts, pumps, and ordnance. They were making a lot for the war effort. And Forgotten Star is in the last building that is still standing from that facility. It's an amazing place to have some current history in. And I love that they've renovated the building and that they're using it for people to come and enjoy in a way that World War II folks who worked there never would have dreamed. Yeah, so let's hear your conversation with Andy and uh, learn a little bit more. Please press play. They're already playing. Continue to play. For the record, sir, would you say and spell your name, please? Yep, it's Andy Rizvold, A-N-D-Y, then R-I-S, V as in Victor, O-L-D. Wonderful. And it's November 7th, 22 at 2.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And your official title at Forgotten Star? Uh, President. 
Okay. Yep. What other positions are there in the company? So uh, myself and um, Matt Ace are our head brewer. We're owners. Um, and then we have a general manager, taproom manager, uh, marketing events manager, uh, apparel manager, um, a community director. Uh, I think that's a, a system brewers. Um, and I think that's it. So, and then of course, a bunch of bartenders. Sure. Yeah. That's quite a crew though. Yeah. We've, we've got a really solid leadership team now. So it's Lily is our GM, our tapper manager is Emily. Um, they both are phenomenal. We have a great events guy, uh, a great community. We call him a community director. He's really a jack of all trades. He does everything for us. Same Matt Morass is incredible. Um, two great assistant brewers. We're at a pretty dynamic group right now, which is great. We've gone lean and mean for so for not so long. We're open for three years, but gone lean and mean for two and a half years. And now we finally have definitely have a team to really grow into. No, it's amazing that you guys weathered COVID. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, COVID for us, I, I don't say this lightly because I know it, how bad it affected other businesses in our industry and my heart breaks for them, but we hadn't been open for, we were open for four months before COVID happened. So the way we leaned into it was every day was our best day. I, it was, you know, May 1st was our best May 1st we ever had. May 2nd was the best May 2nd we ever had. I mean, even though we were shut down, even though no one could come to us, it was still our best day ever, right? So um, having that energy and that positivity really trickled into our staff and uh, it, it benefited us greatly. It's the only way to do it, really. And it was yeah, only up it, from it, there. Exactly. And it forced us to do things we were never planning to do or ever ready for, right? Like our first winter, our first real winter. Um, so it been the winter of 2020. Uh, I mean, I, you, I don't know if you remember those times or not, but the governor shut us down again in December. I, obviously, COVID ramped right around Thanksgiving. Like the right thing to do is to shut everybody down, which for us was really painful. But it forced us and we knew something was going to come. So starting in September, we said, well, screw it. We got 13,000 square feet outside. Let's put some curling rinks out there. So we put, a, we put a giant ice rink and two curling rinks out there with a heated tent. And I mean, we would have never done that if, if business was, if, if COVID didn't happen, right? Like we, we were forced to do that. And now that's one of the things we're known for is having curling all winter long. We have four nights of leagues at curling. It's, it's a pivotal part of our business that we were forced to do because of COVID. Um, yeah, so it, Again, like I don't say it lightly, but COVID helped us. COVID forced us to grow faster than we needed to, than we could. It forced us to do things we weren't comfortable doing that we wouldn't have done otherwise. Um, and it made us grow. It made us mature much faster than normal, you know, at the time, four-month-old business. No, the innovation sounds amazing. Yeah, and you have to, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the deal. You got to. Absolutely. So you have an ice manager as well. Yeah, well, so that jack of all trades I talked about, Mamarez, he, he, he's our community director. Um, like today, for example, why we call him our community director, he was literally out handing coats out to uh, people who need a tire station. Like he is awesome. He's a phenomenal human being. Uh, but he manages our, I did the ice the first two years, and this year Matt will take over. What causes someone to want to start a brewery? Good question. Um, so, Matt, my partner, Matt, I say my partner, had, has been in the brewing industry for 
12 years now. Um, so he's, he knew like the next logical step for him in the career was to open his own brewery. Uh, myself, I owned a chiropractic clinic in the North Loop at the time. And I have a serious case of ADHD. I feel like I just always have to be doing something new. Um, and a patient approached me and said, I, I really want to start a brewery. Would you be interested in talking about it? I said, sure, what the heck? And that, that relationship kind of fizzled out. But through that, I was like, gosh, I should be doing this. This is fun. Um, met Matt, ASA, my partner now. Uh, met a couple other investors. Uh, so there's a group of four of us total. Um, and one thing led to another. And the next thing you know, here we're sitting. So it's you know, those conversations started in 2016 and we opened in November of 2019. So it wasn't not overnight. It took a long, long time, but um, yeah, I mean, the right thing happened and had to be patient and had to have a good plan and meet the right people and, and go from there. Well, not to mention the serendipity of the building being available. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, uh, we weren't the first brewery to tour it, uh, for sure. There's many others that wanted to call this home um had a great few first meetings with uh, our landlord now uh and he more or less held on to the space for us he, i remember him saying oh probably six months before we ever signed our lease he said you know i have other people coming to look at this but i'm saving this for you and matt you better get your he used different language than this but he said you better get your stuff together and i said all right so when you have that kind of confidence behind you and and that kind of it was so validating to hear that. I mean, he had no reason to hold this for us and he did. And it, it, it's worked out for all of us. You just got an award recently for maintaining it too, didn't you? Yeah, we've won a few. Um, in May, we won uh, an award, two awards. Um, we won an award called Coolest Happening in the World from uh, Craft Beer Marketing, uh, award, like a craft beer marketing uh, group, which is phenomenal. Um, we also we've won. Gosh, I want to look. We have over. We're sitting on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven different brewing awards. Um, Ilhan Omar uh, gave us brought us into the congressional record. Uh, she she talked about all the all the great things we have done. Um, we're we're super proud of what we accomplished in these three years, and it, it, we're really excited for what the next three to you know hopefully thirty years looks like. Talk to me a little bit more about the building that you're in and how that affects the concept of your business. Yeah, so we, when we signed the lease, we had no name for our business. We had no, no brand. We had nothing, right? We, we just knew like this building speaks to us. Uh, the history of the building is so incredible. Uh, we knew that our brand had to wrap around the history. If it did, it'd be, and, and in our opinion, it'd be um, a disrespect to what this building in our eyes represents. Um, so, uh, people are going to be listening to this, I'm sure. So when you pull up to our building, it's a 13,000 square foot building that all brick, um, with two giant smoke sacks coming out of the top. Uh, it was a boiler room for one, what one point was a 1.8 million square foot weapons manufacturing facility. Um, so you're driving through the business park was all demolished. All this, that whole 1.8 million square feet was demolished. It was, it was knocked to the ground with the exception of our 13,000 square feet that still remains today. Um, so today you're driving through brand new buildings on each side of the road. There's, you know, brand new warehouses, brand new warehouses, brand new warehouses. And people always say, I kind of wonder where I'm going. And then you turn the corner and you see this Frankenstein looking building, 120 year old bricks, a giant smokestack coming out of the ground. And 
or kind of hits you in the stomach. Like, oh my gosh, that's where I'm going. And that's the same feeling we had, right? The first time we turned the corner, we're like, where are we going? And then you see the building, you get the cul-de-sacs, like, holy smokes, like that's going to be a brewery. Like that's going to be our brewery. Um, on the smokestacks are one of the smokestacks, I should say, are painted an E with six stars beneath it. Um, you can kind of see that this photo right behind me, that star there. Um, that's one of the smokestacks. That's the base of it. So that sits in our bar now. Uh, it goes below ground another, you know, 40, 50 feet. It goes above ground. I don't know how high the stacks are, 120, 140 feet, somewhere in there. Uh, on that stack is painted an E of six stars. So the weapons manufacturer, if you're really good at manufacturing in World War II, you got an award for called Excellence in Production, Excellence in Manufacturing from Army and Navy. Um, and if you maintain your excellence in manufacturing for six months, you're given a star to go with that E, right? So 86,000 buildings were producing uh, for World War II. Uh, 4,200 or so got that E for excellence in manufacturing. Um, and then, you know, every six months, you got a star. So this building got six more stars. So of the 86,000, 4,200 got the E. Only seven other buildings got six more stars. This is one of two buildings left standing. The only other one that we can find on the internet is uh, General Motors Detroit. Every, every other one's been demolished or repurposed or uh, turned something totally different. So I feel very, very fortunate to call this place home and that it was left in the shape that it was left. Yeah, no doubt. No, that's fascinating. It's, Have it's you considered incredible. putting it on the National Register? It's, that's not our decision to make. It's our landlords and uh, the, the, the owner's decision to make. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was on the National Register, if they would have let us, you know, put in garage doors or put in beautiful windows or maybe not even put a brewery in here. But we're very lucky that we were able to do do what we're doing in here and uh, pay homage to what they did here. I mean, at its, at its peak, 10,000 Minnesotans are working here at a time. It's incredible to think about. Um, people, we, every single day, I, I, like, that's, I'm not joking when I say I'll, four four to five days a week, we get somebody who comes in and says, I used to work here, or my uncle used to work here, or my grandpa used to work here. It's People have so much pride in this place. And the fact that we were able to leave this little chunk, this little tiny 13,000 square feet, um, as as original as possible is really cool. I'm starting to see programs percolating in my brain. Yeah. People that had worked there have connections to the building coming back and doing yeah. a, a story exchange. We just did, uh, we just hosted, uh, I want to say it was a 50 year employee reunion. Um, Care 11 featured it on their, it's on their website. If you look it up, I, I think it was a 50 year reunion, which you should see the people who showed up. They're extremely proud of what they did here. And they should be. What does it mean to you as a business owner to not only know that you're producing good beer and that you're creating an atmosphere where people can come together in the modern day and, and connect with each other, but that you're able to cross the generations and pull in those memories as well. Yeah. So I guess as a, I guess ownership aside, what it means to me is just being associated with Forgotten Star is um, we do everything we can to honor their tradition of excellence and efficiency that they really worked hard to achieve. Um, for it, it, once you make the decision to lean into that as the brand, right, to, to embrace the history of the building, which I think would have been disrespectful not to, if you, so once you make the decision to embrace that history, if you do it poorly, you're even being more disrespectful than not embracing in the first place, right? So they make the decision to embrace the history, then you really have to make the decision to make them proud. Um, 
the fact that they come here and they are proud makes me super, super proud. Um, and we're doing it with a crew of people who, who uh, like the like the workers who showed up here, you know, a hundred years ago doing stuff. They, a lot of our employees are, you know, they're they're industry staff people, and they've every single employee we have started as a beer tender, and now they have career positions. Our events manager is a that's a career position now. He can bring that with him to any Fortune 500 company you can find in Minneapolis, and he has great experience doing it. He's not, he has had zero days of experience doing that before he came here. Same with our GM, same with our staffer manager, same with essentially our entire staff. I've never ran anything like this, and here we are. Um, we're, we're just super fortunate that we have a great crew of people uh, in a great space, and people really embrace that authenticity. We're not perfect by any means, but the, every, people who show up here know our intentions, they know who we are, and they become fast friends. So really proud of that. Oh, it sounds like a great place to work. What's your your specialty beer? Do you have a yeah so a specialty that you brewer, work with? Yeah, our head brewer Matt Bruce true to style. So um what that means is as opposed to just throwing a bunch of fruit and beer and calling it you know strawberry beer. Um Hebrews beers is intended to be drank hundreds of years ago, right? So our Kolsch is brewed True to style is Kolsch. Our, our Schwartz beer, one best Schwartz beer in the country, is meant to be drank as a German dark lager. Um, to the, and when I say these things, it's to the point of he creates a water table specific for these beers. So we bring water in from a few miles away, just north of us in Anoka. Um, that water gets, it goes, runs through a reverse osmosis machine. So it essentially makes that water nothing. Um, and then he adds minerals specific to what the water table is of the area where that beer originated from, which is, you know, those are the steps that lead to all the awards that we've got, that we've won. Um, so everything we serve, I shouldn't say everything, almost everything we serve is, is made true to style. So cream ale is a true to style cream ale. Our IPA is a true to style West Coast IPA. Um, everything is, is done as closely to how it was intended to how, was, how the original people brewed it intended to be as as we can hmm. with that said we also want to make sure there's something on the menu for everybody so we have super something super light all the way through the seltzers all the way through to non-alcoholic options and of course like your your hoppy ipa double ipa hazy ipa and everything it never ceases to amaze me, no matter how many brewers I talk to, how the the minerals and the core ingredients, you know, the the type of hops, the type of barley, it yeah. all just makes such a critical difference in the outcome of the beer. Yeah, it's, well, it's the foundation, right? It's the foundation of, I mean, if you, you build a house with a foundation of twigs or a foundation of bricks or a foundation of mud, you're going to get a different house at the end of the day. So that that, that foundation changes the taste. Where did the new recipes come from? Are you planning to add new recipes? Uh, so Matt, Matt, yeah, super good question. Matt's uh, really creative in that. Um, we have our mainstays and we have seasonals. Some of our seasonals come back over and over again. Um, a lot of it's based on the yeast strings he, bring, yeast strings he brings in. So we're about to get into a little later, early winter. So box are going to come back um, in the spring. He'll change it. In the summer, he'll change it. Fall, he'll change it. Um, so, I mean, like I said, he's got 12 years of brewing experience, the depth of knowledge he has and the creativity he has along with that. He brings new and exciting things every, you know, three, four weeks. So 
Yeah, he's a mad scientist and uh, and a uh, artist all at the same time. What about the special events that people could rent your space for? So we uh, so attached to us, uh, we also have a event space. So I don't know if you can see behind me that mural way back there on the other side of that mural is uh, like a 3,500 square foot event space um, that we use for weddings uh, and like corporate events. People are welcome to use that space uh, if it's available whenever they want. Uh, we rent that out, essentially rent it out all summer and then in fall it's rented out, you know, most weekends. Um, we do, so that's our paid for event space, right? Almost everything in the top room side is complimentary or free. Like, so we do, you know, we just had a big Halloween event. We do family events almost every single weekend. We do, as I mentioned, curling and concerts. So almost all that, I shouldn't say all, but 90 plus percent is 100% complimentary. We just want people to come here, enjoy our space, of course, have a beer or two and uh, have some fun. No, it just, it, it sounds like such a welcoming space and such a variable space for people to be able to use it for whatever they need to. I mean, we've hosted funerals, we've hosted weddings, we've hosted graduation parties, class reunions, one-year-old birthday parties, you know, uh, drag shows, comedy, open mics, trivia. I mean, you, you name an event where more than two people meet up and we've likely hosted a version of it here. Did you ever think as a kid, you know, the I'm going to grow up to be a firefighter sort of thought, you know, did you ever grow up, think that you were going to be running a business like this? Um, yes and no. I mean, as growing up, I was always I was one of those kids. We grew up. Uh, I grew up on the golf course. I was one of the kids who was selling lemonade on the side of the golf course until the golf course made more or less made a stop because we were made, we were taking way too much lemonade sales from the golf course themselves. Uh, at which point I went and started selling golf balls that I found in the woods, um, which then they made me stop that too. So I was always one of those kids doing, you know, I, we all know that eight-year-old entrepreneur running off and they're like selling rocks door to door. That was me. Um, yeah, I, my mom's an entrepreneur. My grandpa on both sides are entrepreneurs. I, I It's in my blood for sure. Um, did I ever dream it would be a brewery and a, a brewery and a, what I consider one of the most beautiful historic buildings in Minnesota. No, I had no vision of that at all. But it, it is, uh, we are super fortunate. I love the idea of you going door to door selling rocks. Oh, I did. I literally did. I, I had a wagon full of rocks that I shoveled out of my neighbor's driveway and went door to door to all the other neighbors and sold them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Literally so with I the little was, red wagon. Oh, yeah. I think I was 10. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's neat that you grew up in a space that was okay to have those ideas and to be able to grow into that part of your personality. I grew up uh, at a very mixed house or a very mixed parenting household, I should say. My dad was a chief of police, so he was a disciplinarian, uh, had very high standards for us. And then my mom was the entrepreneur, like as creative and as like, ah, it's okay, do whatever you want, personality. So like, the the whiplash in the household was like wait dad said this wait mom said this like you know it <laughs> turned us i have a twin sister and a little a uh, little sister too and it turned us all into pretty pretty good adults so oh that's brilliant where did you grow up would the neighbors recognize you oh yeah my yeah my mom's still out there out in mountain minnesota okay yep 
Not too far away. Not at all. No, yeah, out there, I'm out there often as it is. So yeah, we love it. Oh, that's brilliant. And now you've got um, a new baby. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a three-year-old at home, uh, Reese, and a six-week-old Drew. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's, it's you forget you forget over the three years how tired you are. The you know six-week-old, but. It's worth it. It's it's uh we're very very lucky that we have two healthy children. So, we give it another seven years. You're gonna have a lemonade guru yeah. standing out front. You can have your own competition. Yeah, I have a hunter. Dad's gonna help her do whatever she wants. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys found any inscriptions on the bricks or anything in closets? No, there's nothing. There's no closets here that we took it took over this building as a giant shoebox. Um, we haven't found anything in the brick. We've been given a ton of stuff though. I'll say that. I mean, we've been given uh, probably 30 plus paintings at this point, uh, employee name badges, um, picture the unit, their old like uniforms from softball. Like it, what people have kept around. I mean, I'm sure, you know, as a historian, but it, people are pack rats. They don't throw things away. So yeah, we, we get family members who bring stuff all the time. Nothing specific on the building, no, no. Are you planning to display those items somehow? We do, yep. They're, we hang those uh, paintings all over through our tap room. Um, yeah, and then we have, I don't know if you've been here or not, but uh, right over, I don't know, right there. On that on that big black floor, you see those like tall, like shiny things. Uh, yep. That's like a giant written up history of the building with a, bunch of historical photos so my favorite photo in there and maybe maybe one day you'll see it's uh an all-company meeting um there's probably you know just in the photo alone you just imagine i mean they're literally hanging from the rafters there's that many people there. there's thousands of people in this building hundreds for sure uh and the photo thankfully is dated and it's uh december 4th 1941 three days before pearl harbor so three days and then so within three months of Pearl Harbor, they're obviously making, you know, uh, water pumps pre-World War, pre-Pearl Harbor. Within three months after Pearl Harbor, is, this is what we're told when we found, they were already shipping off their first artillery guns. So uh, the people in that photo were within three days of having their world turned upside down, which is just, again, back to thinking of these as real human beings. Just imagine it. Three days ago, Pearl Harbor happened. What were, I don't know, it's just crazy to think about crazy to think about yeah it's that if you only knew what was going to happen in your next breath moment yeah yeah and i mean in photo the the employee employee i say loosely because i don't know if they were or not i would assume maybe it looks like a 15 year old kid 14 year old kid i mean it's yeah it's humbling to think about all the stories of this place this place it has inside it and we are just the tiniest sliver of what this building represents yet obviously recency bias like if you google this building you're going to see everything for dot and star i wish i wish this building had the notoriety it had before we moved in here however i'm very humbled and glad that us being here and exposing that history because more people need to know about what those people did for for to really win the war i mean if it weren't for american manufacturing out essentially out producing the rest of the world we would have lost that war and it was because of the people who showed up here ten thousand of them over and over and over again that won that war for us and it's 
I, I think people are slowly forgetting that. I'm glad we get to be a part of hopefully reminding people of how lucky we are that that whole that whole generation of people existed and did what they did. You make a historian's heart sing. That's for <laughs> sure. Well, I appreciate uh, truly. your time, Rebecca, so much. Oh, I absolutely appreciate your time. Thank you. Read all about it in the Noka County Library Minute. Hello, I'm Lydia Potoff, an adult services librarian at Anoka County Library, and this is your Library Minute. First up, we have The Beer Bible by Jeff Allworth, The Essential Beer Lover's Guide. This book includes more than 100 types of beer arranged by style. Sections include pairing beer with food, a glossary, and style origin maps. Next, we have The Everyday Guide to Beer by Charles Bamforth, part of the Great Courses series. Bamforth, a professor at the University of California, Davis, offers 12 30-minute lessons covering the history of beer, the different styles of beer, how best to enjoy beer, buying and storing beer, as well as beer as it relates to human health. This video series is available on DVD or streaming on Canopy. Land of Amber Waters. The History of Brewing in Minnesota by Doug Haverson. Starting with the first brewery in 1849, Haverson tells the story of the state's beer industry from the small town breweries that gave way to larger companies with regional and national prominence, including hams, grain belt, and shells. Next, we have Follow Me, The Life of John B. Hawley by Carol Pine. Holly was the president of Northern Pump Company, the original tenant of the building now occupied by Forgotten Star Brewery. See photos and read about the man who brought a multi-million dollar naval contract to Anoka County during World War II. Finally, we have A Woman's War II, Women at Work During World War II by Virginia M. Wright Peterson. This Minnesota Historical Society press publication is filled with stories about the Minnesota women who contributed to the war effort. Women from Minnesota enlisted in all branches of the military were cryptologists, nurses, factory and shipyard workers, and spies. These women experienced the war firsthand. Happy reading. Happy viewing. Get those library cards and reserve your copy today. Direct links to these books and more can be found in the episode show notes at anocacountyhistory.org. So, Sarah, I'm a wine girl. I know you're more of a beer girl. <laughs> have you been to Forgotten Star? I have. My friends and I went down there a few months ago and we're hanging out outside. And there was a really fun musical group outside doing like opera and piano. And for it, it sounds weird, but it was amazing. And for a group of college friends that were all in music, it was this perfect serendipity of drinking good beer and listening to a weird opera piano musical mashup. I love that. I I never would have put it together, but I love it because where else? You're not going to get that if you go down to a regular bar and throw darts, right? You've got this different ambiance. You've got the different entertainment. And I'm so embarrassed to admit that I knew it was part of this greater um, facility. 
But when I was there, I didn't know any of the history that you guys talked about. History fail on my part. There goes your promotion. You worked so hard for it in the beginning. I know. I lost it. All in one. I'll have to go back. There are so many amazing local breweries just in Anoka County. And it would be so much fun if we did like a brewery tour and uh, based on history of all of these places in Anoka County. That way I can legitimately drink at work. <laughs> Note she said legitimately, folks. <laughs> Podcast folks, if that's an event that sounds interesting to you, drop us a line. Let us know if you would come and buy tickets to an event like that. We might be able to organize it. Can we include Ambi for us wine folks? Of course, yeah. Okay. Shameless plug. Thank you guys so much for coming along with us and we'll see you perhaps at Forgotten Star and definitely on our next episode. See you everyone. Bye. If you have a question, want to visit our show notes page for each episode or would like to share your own story, go to anokacountyhistory.org. Help History 21, the podcast, reach more ears by subscribing and reviewing on your podcast provider. We're all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all those who scroll by. And for our Vault members, you can find special access to podcast extras as well as the latest digital resources at History 21 The Vault, located on our website. Remember, the present is the past of the future.